Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor. And then you decide for yourself. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. This is episode number 41, Musical Genius. And today, I can honestly tell you, I am absolutely honored and um, a little uh, starstruck by my guest today. Today, I have the wonderfully talented conspiracy music guru with me. Mr. Alex, how are you doing? Wow, what an intro. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. Musical genius, starstruck. Wow, that's yes. uh, I don't know what to make of that really, but thank you for having me on. You are a big deal. And we found you through a mutual friend, David Weiss, um, which the listeners know I've had on my show twice now. And we have his Sun, Moon, Earth Clock app. And so you were a featured video one of the days, and I was like, oh, man. And we started digging into your YouTube page, and I was like, I told my husband before we recorded today, I said, I'm so nervous. I usually don't get nervous before a guest, but I'm like, he's like a big deal. <laughs> so you're a big deal to me. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. I mean, I'm just a normal bloke, really. I mean, a working class man from Essex, you know, which is just outside of London. So just... do you do you still live in London or are you elsewhere? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I was in Essex, which is probably about 20 miles northeast of London. Born and bred there, really. Um, did my apprenticeship in the bars and the clubs musically. I did some DJing. I was a professional DJ for 10 years. Um, and I really never really resonated with the UK, really, to be honest. It's so grey and dull. And, you know, whenever we was blessed with a bit of sunshine, which was about three weeks of the year, I was always outside. And uh, I just loved the sunshine. It always put me in a good mood. And, I'm uh, the same way. Yeah, we, we came to Spain on holiday once, uh, you know, maybe, what, 10 years ago. And we just fell in love with Spain. And uh, the, the part of Spain that we visited has uh, 300 to 320 days of sunshine a year, which is, you know, it, it, it's like a chasm of difference between the UK weather. And uh, so we just sort of fell in love with the place. And we just thought, you know what, should we just should we just give it a go? Should we just, you know, rent our place out and uh, rent a place in Spain and just see if it resonates with us? And uh, that was probably six or seven years ago, and we've, we've been here ever since. We just absolutely love it here. And that's a wonderful thing when you can have a lot of sunshine because the state I actually grew up in, it literally rained all the time. It's kind of like Seattle where, like, every day it's raining and it's gloomy, and it does affect your mood in a big way. Yeah. Did you, fi did you find that? 
like when you moved to Spain and had more sunshine that everything changed for you, like energy wise? Well, I mean, this, absolutely. I mean, this is where I had, a, you know, a, a lot of awakenings here. And I, I don't know if you, you know, you could point that at the weather, but, you know, I do feel more energized here. I feel I want to be outside more. I'm a happier person. You know, I, I feel like, I'm, I don't know, I do, I do feel like a better person here. And whether, whether, whether the weather plays a part in that, I don't know. But um, obviously I gravitated here for a reason. You know, I'm just, uh, I just, I don't know, sun worship, but not in, not in the pagan sense. I just love being out in the sun. I love the sun. And we were, I we do were too. starved of it in the UK. So, you know, my main reason for moving here was the weather and how it how the weather makes me feel. Shout out to all my friends in the UK. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So, so I do have a question for you. Uh, since you do have a YouTube channel, you do do a lot of videos and stuff. Are you classically trained musician or did you like teach yourself? Uh, yeah, here's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't can't understand or don't believe. Uh, I do not read a note of music. I cannot read a note of music. I've never been able to read a note of music. If you put a sheet of music in front of me, it would look like Japanese. I just wouldn't know where to start. I've always uh, done my musical learning through just listening and repeating and listening, trying to copy. And just I've just if if I'm quote unquote talented in any way. I just have very good ears. That would be my talent, I would say. I can listen. I can hear things that other people cannot hear. I can hear when something is instantly flat or instantly mm -hmm. or, or a little bit sharp or, or, or milliseconds out of time. I can hear that. And uh, when I was working in a, uh, in a studio environment, when the very first producer I worked with, he used to call me bionic ears. I just had – I could instantly tell when something was, was out. And um, so I've always used sort of my senses really to guide me through music. I've never had any, you know, training. I've never had any lessons. But yet here I am sitting in a recording studio with a piano in front of me that I can play to an okay degree. I've got, you know, 10 guitars around me, which I can play okay. You know, I sing okay. I harmonize okay. I wouldn't call myself a singer or a music producer or a guitarist or a pianist. I do all of those things, but I just, you know, collate all of those sort of skills and, uh, you know, I, I put it into music and um, I would say I'm more of a, just a creative person, really. I'm not trained in any way. I'm just creative and I just apply myself, really. I think that what you said resonates with a lot of musicians that we know personally where, you know, they can hear anytime something is off and a lot of them don't read music either. And they'll tell you that they they play by ear, which I think makes you more of a genius than somebody that, you know, went through training at school and, you know, all of that stuff, because you have an ab innate ability about you that most people don't have. Yeah. And that's that's one, one, one of the things that I've heard from classically trained musicians and people that are reading by the dots. And it's, it's, it's sometimes I see the dots being converted, they're, they're, they're playing the piano, for instance, and they're looking at the sheet of music in front of them, they're converting what they see through their eyes into their fingertips, and there's no feeling there. Many, in many many instances, not all instances, but I see, you know, these trained musicians. I've heard so many trained musicians that really don't have ears for music, which is astonishing, really. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, 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 I sort of, you know, it, it's, 
some of it seems a bit soulless because there's no feeling, there's no joy in the fingertips. They're just literally translating what they see in front of them. Uh, so they're converting the dots and everything, but they're not. there's no soul behind it. So it's very left-brained kind of stuff when you're doing that. Um, I think I'm more right-brained where I sort of feel intuitively, you know, what needs to be played or, or sung or whatever without having any guidance in the form of dots. So have you always done music or were you like in the corporate world before anything like that? Well, I don't know about the corporate world, but I was uh, certainly working class. I was a cabinet maker for a while. You know, I was uh, a kitchen fitter and a van driver and all of that sort of things. And, you know, just having having a job and having a boss with somebody telling me what to do and what time I could go to the toilet and when I could eat lunch, that just didn't resonate with me. Something felt very, very wrong with that lifestyle and, I've come to learn that, uh, you know, it is literal slavery, but uh, that's another conversation. And it, none, none of that really resonated with me. Um, so I, I, I picked up the, the guitar at sort of 21, really. I started, I'd been playing the piano since I was about four. I picked up the guitar when I was about 21. So I sort of started introducing music about, you know, those sort of ages. And um, when I was able to sort of do it at a competent level, I started going into pubs and clubs and things and playing guitar and singing and doing karaoke and that sort of thing. And I found I could make money doing, doing that, you know, just a bit at the weekend. And I was, you know, it was much better than having a nine to five. So I sort of transitioned into the, into the pub life and into the club life and being surrounded by drunks and performing in front of, you know, drunken people and nobody paying attention and doing all that, that, <laughs> that real hard slog of a musician as a working musician. But I loved every minute of it. So <clears throat> how did you get started doing what you do now? <clears throat> well, I suppose when I, in 2012, um, a guy came into my studio and he, he showed me a couple of conspiracy videos on 9-11. And that was a straw that broke the camel's back, really, for me, because I'd always knew there was something wrong in the world. And it's like that. It always reminds me of that line from uh, The Matrix where Morpheus says, you know there's something wrong in the world. You just can't put your finger on it. You know, you feel it when you go to church, when you pay your taxes and blah, blah, blah. And I'd always felt that something's wrong in the world. And then after seeing these few conspiracy videos on 9-11, I was like, ah, it started, it started my journey into the world of conspiracy and truth. And... Uh, here I was learning all of these things that, you know, and understanding that the, the world is really, really messed up because it's designed that way. It was a huge paradigm shift for me. But of course it, it ignited this, this creative burst within me. And because I no longer was I, you know, wanting to sing songs about love and breakup and things like that. I wanted to actually sing songs that had, you know, that could inform people about things like 9-11 or chemtrails or, or 5G and all of these other conspiracies that I was researching. And so, so it just really gave me a, a, a burst of inspiration and creativity and from sort of 2012. I mean, it took me many, many years before I started putting into music. I started putting conspiracy understandings into music from about 2017. That's when I felt I had enough knowledge and I had enough musical competence and uh, familiarization with the softwares and that to be able to actually start, you know, making my own music about these kinds of things. And then, uh, Starting to put it, you know, doing videos as well and doing all sort of visual learning as well. And uh, visual expression was a whole new, uh, another learning curve for me. But uh, so, yeah, that only really started 2017, although I really started waking to the world in 2012. But uh, yeah, my musical conspiracy journey has only been three years long. 
And I think doing it video route is so important because people have such a short attention span. I mean, the human attention span is five minutes. And I know that because I used to teach. And it, and if you can put it into a video, people pay attention more to that than they would if you sent them an article and said, read this. Oh, completely, completely. I mean, I, I say, I've said many times on previous interviews that you, you, you can send someone two hours of incredible information and they, and they won't watch it. But if you send them right. a five-minute music video and it happens to be comedic, and it makes people laugh. I think people learn better when they're when they're laughing and they're, they're entertained. So I'm kind of a, a bit of a Trojan horse in that way. I'm using comedy and satire to get this message across in a five minute sort of soundbite, if you like. But uh, uh, it can reach it can reach people where it w- where a, t- a two hour documentary wouldn't. You know, those kinds of things can reach people that way. So uh, it's a very powerful medium. I've learned doing what I'm doing because I get messages constantly from people and mothers saying. You know, I use your music to educate my children. And uh, my husband didn't wake up until I showed him your music. So learning that it's this incredible educational tool is um, is quite a thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. <clears throat> and it's so important for people to to get the word out there, especially when they feel moved to do so. But I think there's a lot of people that still have trouble finding their voice or finding their outlet or, you know, they're afraid people won't listen to them or, you know, nobody here wants to hear from me. Did you have any of that reservation? Like when you, when you decided that that's the route you were going to go, were you like, well, you know, I'll throw this video out there, but maybe people won't watch it. Did you ever feel that? Not really, because when I did my very first song, I wasn't presenting myself. I'm actually quite a shy person. I rarely do interviews, to be honest with you, because I'm not really comfortable in my own skin. So I, I, when, I, when I've learned this information, the last thing I wanted to do was put it out there as myself, um, because I didn't know what kind of backlash or if, if you know, and, and if nobody saw it, it didn't matter because I was, I was hiding behind this character. You know, I put on a, a pair of shades and a cowboy hat and put on a silly voice and started, you know, expressing my truth that way. So I really didn't have any reservation because if anybody came at me with any kind of attacks for what I was saying, I could, I could always fob it off with, it's just comedy, it's just satire, you know, take it for what it is. So that's the beauty of creating characters. I can just hide behind them. So I know who your character was, but tell the listeners, like, who who was your character you created? Well, the character ended up being called Flat Earth Man. And that came about because I wrote a song called Flat Earth Man. It was about meeting a guy who thought the earth was flat. And it was a whole poem that I'd written in my phone. And I wanted to turn it into a song. And when I got into the studio, I thought, right, how am I going to tell this story, this poem? How am I going to put it into a song? And uh, country music has always been a great genre to you know, tell a story, and specifically comedic ones as well. So I got into the studio, and I've always been pretty good at voices, so I started writing this song. Let me just grab the guitar. Where is it? So the the uh, let me just put my mic down a little. So the opening line of the um, song. Oh, why is my screen gone? Yeah. So the opening line of the song was like, I met a man the other day who thought the Earth was flat. I said, "Man, you must be crazy. Where the hell's your tin foil hat?" 
But he spoke with such conviction and he believed the words he spoke. And it, that was the kind of, it kind of went on like that. So I thought, right, how am I going to put this into music? So I started playing, uh, playing a couple of chords and this voice came out. So I was, well, I met a man the other day who thought the earth was flat. I said, man, you must be crazy. Where the hell's your tinfoil hat? But he spoke with such conviction and he believed the words he spoke. And something deep inside me knew this couldn't be a joke. But why would he believe this? Why believe such things? Because everybody knows the earth's a ball and that it spins. Well, you must be pretty crazy if you think the earth is flat. Because we all know that it's a globe, and that's a simple fact. And the song goes on and on and on for about another six minutes. But that was the voice that came out. And uh, when I recorded it, it's, I thought, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds jolly. It sounds, you know, comedic. And uh, the voice is good. And uh, I just put it out there. And uh, the song was called Flat Earth Man. And lo and, lo and behold, people actually thought I was, uh, I was American and uh, I was from Texas. And uh, they were exactly. saying things like uh, Johnny Cash in the comments and blah, blah, blah. And uh, because the song was called Flat Earth Man, I... You know, the internet started, have you heard that song from Flat Earth? And I think it was David Weiss, actually, that first said on the Flat Earth podcast, have you heard that song from the Flat Earth Man? Right, and, I was right. like, and I was like, no, the song is called Flat Earth Man. I'm the conspiracy music guru or Alex Michael, but the song's called. So, so mistakenly, like, you know, people refer to Elton John as the Rocket Man. He's not the Rocket Man. The song was called Rocket Man. So it's a similar kind of thing. So all of a sudden I was called Flat Earth Man. So it wasn't me that called myself Flat Earth Man. It was the internet that called me the Flat Earth Man, and uh, I started seeing Flat Earth Man, Flat Earth Man. So I just carried on. I did another song, then another song, and then another song, as Flat Earth Man, as this kind of guy like that who wears, you know, kind of talks like that. I think all watching is a puppet show. Yeah, the whole world's a stage. And the songs went on and on and on, and the character got more comedic and more comedic and uh, more visual. And, uh, and then before I knew it, I was releasing a whole album, which was called Flat Earth Man. I think it's funny, though, how you get a, like, a nickname from other people, which it wasn't even your intention. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. So how long before you decided to reveal <laughs> your real identity? <laughs> I mean, it was almost instantly because uh, after I released sort of two or three songs, I think it was the third song. I think it was, uh, and then uh, Bob from Globebuster. No, I think it was actually, again, David Weiss, he approached me and said, would you want to be on Globebusters? They want to interview you. And for that split second, I thought, shall I go on the show as Flat Earth Man? And say, hey, Bob, nice to meet you, man. Uh, yeah, you like my music? You know, I, I, part of me wanted to do that, but I thought, no, I can't keep that up for the entire interview. So uh, I just, you know, you know, just it was myself and I remember him saying, you know, well, we can't believe, you know, how you speak as yourself because, you know, I was pulled, uh, we all thought you were from Texas. So, uh, so uh, I don't know, there, there, there's that. So no, it was, uh, it was pretty instant to when I saw, I didn't, you know, did a, do a revealing. I just went on the show and spoke as myself and people were like, holy crap, I thought it was American. So I have to ask you, because I know that you have been to a lot of Flat Earth conferences, how did you get started doing that? I mean, did they just send you invites or are you in that world? Because I wouldn't even know how, how to get started going to one. 
or how to find information. Yeah, I mean, it was just just being in that, just releasing the kind of music that I was releasing. They approached me, you know, the, the music resonated so much with the community that they wanted me to go over to Denver and perform uh, the songs that I created. And I was just releasing an album at the time as well, so the timing was really, really pretty good actually. So the uh, the event organizer Robbie Davidson uh, contacted me and said, "Did you want to come over? Do you want to, you know?" And I was like, "Oh my." God, I mean, it's like it's so far, it's so expensive, blah 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 blah. But I thought, you know what? Let's let's do it. You know, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I want to promote this music. Obviously, I want to have a bit of recognition for it. it. Seems to be going down well. People seem to be loving it. Um, so I just sort of think, you know, yeah, why not? So you know, I flew all the way over there and spent maybe eight days over there, and uh, I headlined. Uh, the reaction couldn't have been better because my music is, you know, very flat earth related. It, it, it sings about the NASA fakery and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, that kind of music in front of an audience of 600 flat, flat earthers, it was bound to go down well. And it, it really did. I didn't quite expect the, um, the reaction that I got. There was an encore and people were stamping and, you know, one more. And I, I came out and did an encore. It was just a really incredible experience. And uh, I certainly don't regret it. Um, whether I'd do it again or not is a, is another question because you know these things to do that it's, it's very expensive and uh, oh yeah i can moment, imagine you know traveling at the moment is just a big no-no for me um so i don't know I, I i really get my kicks really from being in the studio being in solitude not you know especially at the moment the outside world just really doesn't i'm not attracted to it at the moment at all so the thought of going on a plane and being around so many people and all that sort of thing is that uh, no i'm not really i don't enjoy performing in front of people, if I'm quite honest with you, I actually get quite nervous and it puts me through a lot of stress. I came back from Denver actually quite ill because of the stress of it and the jet lag and the, the altitude sickness and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm much more comfortable and I think I can reach more people in the solace of my of my studio. You know, but I can reach 10,000 people overnight if I release a music video on my, on my channel. Whereas, you know, spending thousands and thousands and thousands of going to a, a conference and playing in front of 600 to a thousand people, you know, do the math. Right. I know I have a, a friend on social media that, you know, helped, helped arrange getting you on my show. So thank you, Spiritical, for doing that. But he shout told to me Rob. that. His name's Rob, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shout so he told me that um, you were, that he was trying to get you to come to the Scottish conference last year. And then, of course, you know, <clears throat> the pandemic hit. And so it wasn't, I guess they didn't hold it or, you know, canceled it or, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I'm quite um, standoffish when people approach me these days and say, well, not standoffish, but I, 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 I try and respectfully decline these days because I know if I say yes to a conference, it's going to put me through a world of stress and cost. You know, right. And uh, as I said before, I think I could reach more people um, doing it from the privacy of my own home without the stress. So I have to ask you, like, how long did it take you to learn how to do the videos? Or do you have someone that helps you with that? No, it's all me. Uh, if you... If anybody looks at my very first music video, it was recorded in my tiny little, I mean, so I'm sitting here now, it's three metres, three and a half metres by seven metres. It's not a big studio, it's just like an office, really. And the very first music video that I did 
was just recorded in this studio um, from different angles. And uh, I put it out there, and the response was brilliant, uh, considering it was my first video. And uh, there was no green screen in that at all, and it was just me and iMovie. And if anybody doesn't know what iMovie is, it's a free program that comes with your iMac. And it's, it's very limited software, but I was just playing with it, you know, just recording a bit of video and learning just the basics of how to splice and cut and, and, and merge video um, sections together. And uh, I got quite creative with it. And uh, then I started to learn this thing called green screen. I thought, oh, all I need is a green bit of cloth, hang it behind me, and then I can put it into iMovie. And there's a button there that says green screen. And when I click that button, I can put any image behind me I want, any bit of video footage. So then that's when my creativity just, 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 just skyrocketed. I thought, all right, I can put myself on the space station or I could be standing on the moon or, you know, wherever I wanted to be. So it's just, I mean, I still use iMovie to this day. It's such a limited program. I mean, I could probably, should probably move on to something like Final Cut Pro, uh, but it's just the learning curve scares me a little bit with that. But, you know, I go with what I know. But my, my, my music videos are very low budget. They're like zero budget using free software and a bit of green cloth. Um, but the, the magic ingredient is, is, is the imagination. Right. And, you know, it's so funny because people always ask me, you know, why do you only do audio? Why don't you do video? Why don't you use this software and that software? But I'm old. And so, like, you can't teach a dog new tricks. You know what I'm saying? I, like, some of it is so technical that I just don't want to learn because... It, to me, like I like simple. Simple is better. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I, I, I hear you, and I'm just saying that's why I won't make the upgrade to Final Cut Pro, which is like this vast editing software. So I know what you're saying, but I do try and dip my toe every now and then into sort of you know new realms of think. I know if I learn this software, I'm going to get better at what I do. So I, I hear you, but. I, Sometimes it's part of me saying, no, just just try the new stuff, and you know, because it can take you in directions you never thought possible. I think your videos are fantastic, though. I really enjoy the ones um, where you're in the space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's with, that's with a zero budget. Imagine what I could do if I had NASA's budget, $65 million every single day. Imagine what I could do with that. Right. You would you could go uh, to outer space yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what I'm doing is no different to what NASA's doing, is it? Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really great green screen they've got going on there. Oh, they've got it all so, going on there, haven't they? They've got zero-G planes. They've got augmented reality. They've got it all going on. They don't just fool us in one way. There's, there's, there's many ways to trick a pony. So who are your musical inspirations? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. All of them, everything I've ever heard, <laughs> you know, really inspires me in some way. I mean, I gravitate towards, towards um, you know, some of the guitarists. And when I, when, I, when I first started playing the electric guitar, first picked it up because, I, you know, my uncle was a guitarist and, and uh, I was hanging around a couple of people to play guitar. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I bet I could get a lot of chicks if I just learned how to play the guitar, you know, that kind of mentality. And when you pick up a guitar, you start listening to guitarists and uh, people like Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And uh, I went to see uh, Steve, uh, Steve Vai, who is just this oh God, 
much deeper. It's incredible. I'm sure he's not human. And seeing what these people could do with guitar definitely, definitely inspired me. Um, but I mean, you know, but even listening to Elton John on the radio and hearing some of his chords, I think are quite nice. And I sort of you know emulate some of them chords. And I don't know, really, I don't really have like my one, you know. God that I look up to any sort of idols or anything. I just sort of try and listen to it all. I mean, I'm not particularly a, a, a country music fan, but I made a country album. Um, you know, I'm not particularly a rock music fan, but I just released a rock single. You know, I'm not particularly an Irish folk fan, but I've, just, I've released an Irish folk song. So I, I kind of, you know, t- take it all in and just, you know, everything I listen to is, is t- t- to be honest with you, is, is an inspiration. So is there any type of music that you don't like? I don't think there is. Well, I mean, the real, real heavy demonic uh, thrash metal is just utterly pointless to me. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I actually think that all music is pretty demonic, you know, given the 440 hertz situation. I mean, that's a whole other story as well. I think the music industry in general is, is put there to, to manipulate and to social engineer and steer certain agendas um, and emotions oh absolutely absolutely um but as far as any kind of style i hate uh you know the the real real thrash metal I, I can't listen to that but most you know most stuff are even from from classical to to i don't know to jazz to jazz to fusion to, to to everything i just you know there's some there will be some aspect of it that i pick up from i'll go oh that's that's pretty cool that's a cool chord wonder if i can emulate that on the guitar or that's a really nice progression there you know i really like that but you, you don't hear anything too melodic in you know the, the crazy thrash slipknot kind of metal um but pretty much overall there's a, you know, i can get something from all of it so how do you write your songs like what's your process because a lot of people told me they want me to ask you do you write your lyrics first and then the music or do you write the music first and then the lyrics Always the lyrics first. First, I have to be inspired by a topic. And when I first started looking into what gravity is or what it isn't, that was an inspiration for me, you know, learning that the, uh, it was just a theory. Uh, well, that's, that's a whole nother, that's a huge, huge topic. But let me just say that understanding uh, what gravity isn't was an, was, was, was an inspiration to me. So once I've got that inspiration about, you know, a certain topic, gravity, then I have to say, right, what do I want to say in this song? And the, the inspiration was, right, I've got to say, don't believe in gravity. That's what I want to say. Let me just grab my guitar here. So um, the uh, I started to write a lyric, don't believe in gravity. That's all I wanted to say. Don't believe in gravity. Don't believe in gravity. Uh, it's just a theory. Um, but they teach it to the kids. Now that was kind of what I said. So it was. Don't believe. I can't remember the bloody calls now. Don't, no. don't believe in gravity. Don't believe in fantasy. Don't believe because a theory is all it is. It's never been proven, but they teach it to the kids. And that was kind of the chorus. So the chorus came first. It was don't believe in gravity, don't believe in fantasy, don't believe because a theory is all it is. It's never been proven, but they teach it to the kids. So the inspiration was gravity. The chorus came next. 
because um, obviously the chorus is the most important part of the song. I want people to always remember that hook. Don't believe in gravity. I want it to be, you know, get into your, your subconscious. So the, um, the chorus came first, and then I had to think, right, how am I going to write the verses? And uh, then I started to write a poem about, you know, um, I remember when I learned in school about gravity. It was so cool. I had a teacher that knew it all. She taught me how water could stick to a ball. She taught me how... How was the lyric? She taught me, I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, but... So I, I, I made this story of uh, this, this young lad who went to school and learned about gravity, and he says to his dad, Dad, I learned all about gravity. And his dad's like, hey, kid, don't believe in gravity. And so I sort of made this whole story around that chorus. So uh, certainly the inspiration comes first, then probably the chorus the next, and then, you know, writing around the chorus and getting as much bullet points and information into the song. So, yeah, definitely the lyrics are, are written first and then whatever comes out musically, it's a, I don't know, it just that's a process that happens in the studio and how I'm feeling, I guess. But that turned out to be a sort of funky country song and uh, it's pretty popular. You know, you, know, you, you have, have one that is my absolute favourite and, and it's television, television watching news believer. believer. Yeah, the rock one, yeah. I love, I love that. that. I have watched that so many times. And to me, it kind of sounds a, a little Metallica-esque. It is completely Metallica-esque. It is 100% Metallica-esque. Um, that's and, yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I love it so much because you incorporated – you know, the the video that I'm sure everybody saw last year where it was like every news station, you know, in the United States was like, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. And it's like, this is extremely you know, dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. It's just, it's if you can't see what's going on just from those clips, I mean, that should be powerful. It's quite a powerful word. Uh, video clip and I think um, that's why one, one of the reasons that that video is doing quite well is because that's a powerful message right there it, it, it just screams at mockingbird media doesn't it right and that's so important for people to understand is that it is literally in music in television in your movies everywhere the Mockingbird media is involved in all of that because that was a CIA project. The CIA is literally the most dangerous rogue organization in the United States. They are. So one of the other videos I really like is I told you so. And to me, that sounds kind of like uh, George Thorogood. Yeah, I heard that as well. And I, I get this in the in the comments section of the videos. I say it sounds like George. I mean, when I first heard people saying this sounds like George Thorogood, my first thought was, "Who's George Thorogood?" I had no idea. And still, really, I don't even know any of his music. But it, I must have heard it somewhere along the way on the radio. It's in my subconscious. I don't know. It just sort of came out. I wasn't copying George Thorogood in any way, shape, or form. However, with the Television watching news believer, the Metallica one, I was utterly copying James Hetfield from Metallica. It just, it just, when I coined the phrase television watching news believer, um, my wife would come home and she, and she would say, you know, these people, and I went, yeah, they're, they're, 
she just had a, an experience in the supermarket and I would say, oh, these people, they're just television watching news believers. And she was, uh, and then we both started using that phrase. And every time I said television watching news believer, television watching news believer, and I was thinking that in my head, television watching news believer. And all I could hear was James Hetfield and Metallica and the song Sad But True. <clears throat> and I used to be a bit of a Metallica fan back and I went to see him in uh, Monsters of Rock in 94. My God, that's going back a bit. And I just had that in mind. I thought, right, this is a Metallica song without a shadow of doubt. It's, it's full of, you know, pointing the finger at people, you know, condemnation to these television watching news believer. And again, that voice came out and it was just, okay, this is a creative project I have to do because, it, you know, it feels like the uh, the right song, the right genre, the right voice. I could kind of mimic his voice a little bit. And uh, the guitar was, you know, very heavy and so he had a, you know, a sad but true Metallica riff to it. So, yeah, that was totally plagiarised. Maybe that's why I like that video so much because I'm a big Metallica fan. <laughs> nice, good, right, okay, great, great, great to know. That's like our favorite thing to do. Like we don't take vacations to, you know, just go somewhere and relax or whatnot. If we go somewhere, it's literally to watch a band. Nice. And that's that's just what we do. So um, you have so many videos. Do you know how many you've done? Um, music videos, probably about 13, I think. I've done some other videos on uh, 432 Hertz, that kind of thing. Uh, but as, as far as complete music videos, about 13, I, over the course of about three years. So, uh, yeah, it's been a labor of love. There's a lot of work that goes into a music video. I mean, one of them took me three months to make, which was Space is Fake. And if anybody wants to go and look at that on the Conspiracy Music Guru YouTube channel, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of cloning of me. You know, there's three or four of me in the video. And that's obviously obviously takes a lot of filming and a lot of green screen work. And a lot of stuff doesn't work and it ends up on the uh, the editing floor. Uh, but, the, yeah, it's an awful lot of work. They can take two to three months to make. So 13 music videos might be, there's a lot, but there's about 50 videos on my channel, but 13 of them are actual, you know, full length music videos and they take a good two or three months to make each of them. So, and this is still a part-time venture for me as well. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to do it full time. I don't think I want to be in front of a computer for the rest of my life, but um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat and tears gone into that channel. You know it, and it is, and people don't understand like how much work, goes into making an actual video. I have a musician friend that's a good friend of mine that, and he makes songs kind of like you do, but he also makes like um, short clips from their podcast and they, you know, he makes like movable like meme videos and stuff. And sometimes he'll call me and he's like, oh, just talk to me because I have been sitting at the computer for days just trying to 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 fix like this 30 second area right here and he's like i think my head's gonna explode and i don't think people understand like how time consuming no people at the product it is that you're putting out exactly people don't understand because people see a five minute video clip and they think it's wonderful and they don't realize it's taken you three months to make i mean i could, I could go in, into the studio and spend the entire day in the studio and make five seconds of a five-minute video, and uh, so yeah, it, it's, 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 it's an enormous amount of work. So, how many CDs do you have? 
currently three, um, possibly four in the future, and then we'll see what happens after that. But my first album was Flat Earth Man, which is the guy that talks like that, and he made a country album, and um, he was... It's, 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 I think it's my, I don't know, is it my best work? I don't know. And then the second album was, um, couldn't have been further, uh, you know, there was a chasm of difference between the first album and the second because my second album was more like a kind of a spiritual, new agey kind of album, if you like. It was using, uh, it was an instrumental album, guitar, um, guitar instrumental album. Kind of had a bit of a Pink Floyd sort of, sort of vibe to it, but I embedded the so-called, solfeggio healing frequency uh, frequencies uh, through seven tracks of the album and um, it was a bit of an experiment really and uh, when I put it out there I had no idea of the, the reaction it was my own scientific experiment if you like I embedded these solfeggio frequencies which I looked up online and I started looking into a bit of the 432 stuff and the healing music and all that sort of stuff and right, thought, right let's put it into music and embedded healing frequencies into uh, into instrumental guitar music, very Floyd-esque it was. And, uh, the reaction I got was pretty incredible from people saying things like, you know, no no other musical work, but your, your, your music puts my child to sleep or makes my pets calm or makes my plants grow or, you know, I've been suffering with anxiety for years and your music really, you know, helps me with my anxiety. Or, and and I've, I, you know, I still get messages every week about, about that album. So it was my own scientific experiment of, you know, okay, if these solfeggio healing frequencies are the real deal, let's put it into an album, put it out there, and uh, see, let's have a look at the feedback. And, uh, you know, I was, I was quite astonished So that, with, with, with the feedback of that. And that was the second album. The third album was a live version of the first album. So it's like Flat Earth Man live on stage. And I think my fourth album will probably be all the singles that I've uh, been releasing, like the Chemtrail song, Look Up. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I want to talk about that oh, too. Yeah. But yeah, but before we do, I want to get back to um, the album with the healing frequencies in it. It is literally the most calming, relaxing thing I have ever listened to. Um, we actually have a pool in our backyard and I didn't know that, that he got it. And so we brought a speaker outside and he put that on and I'm telling you what, I could literally nap in the sun because I felt, I felt like so relaxed and so calm. And I'm so glad that you did that. My favorite track on that was heart. Uh, you're not the first person to say that I've had so much feedback from that. Song. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Burst into tears from that song. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful song with lovely chord progression and a nice bit of guitar. Blah blah blah. I think the magic in that song is, is the, the the frequency that embeds within it. Um, it's supposed to be the frequency. I mean, I'm going to. A lot of people are going to spiral now when they start hearing me talk about chakras and things like that. But apparently, it's supposed to be the resonant frequency of the heart chakra. So I call this song actually. Heart. You're on a good podcast because um, I've done some shows before on chakras and healing energies and and the you know 432 hertz and stuff like that. We've talked about that before, so you're in a safe place here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the feedback I got from that was pretty pretty incredible. You know, people reporting just you know, bursting into tears, and uh, an old friend of mine loved it so much she decided to give birth to that song. So, you know, her daughter was brought into that world 
into this world, mm -hmm. to that song, which I find quite incredible. But I've had people send me videos of their wedding that they got married to that song. So it resonates with people on such a level, oh, such an does. emotional level. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's, you know, I'm being modest here, I don't think it's the music. I mean, it's nice music, yeah, but I think there's something to that 512 hertz heart chakra frequency that's embedded within that song that does something that uh, your normal mainstream music cannot at 440 hertz. So there's that. Right. And and it's so very true. And people know that, like, I'm very big into, you know, energy and healing and, you know, aligning your chakras and stuff like that to keep yourself healthy. And at the end of the show, uh, you have to tell people where to find your music. And I highly suggest anybody that has depression, stress, anxiety, you have to get that album. You need to get all the albums, but you definitely need to get that. And it's going to help you on a very big level. Oh, thank you. So let's talk about your latest video look up because there is so much good information in that. And I literally had to watch that video several times just because I felt like I, I missed something. And so I had to keep going back and, and watching it over and over again just to make sure that I could get the entire gravity of the situation that you were talking about. So tell people about that video. Well, that video came about as, uh, well, I was asked to contribute to the Solar Return Festival, which is in South Carolina about a few weeks ago. So would you do us, you know, uh, something for us? They originally said, uh, you know, do you want to come? You know, but it's obviously so expensive and whatever. It was like a music festival. So I said, well, I, um, you know, perhaps I can do a, pre a live pre-record or something or do something streaming. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But I, thought, so I sat back and thought about it and I thought, you know, well, I've got this song that I wrote a little while about, a little while back and it's about chemtrails and it never really saw the light of day. I've got a snippet of it on my YouTube channel. I thought that could do with another airing. So why don't I do a live version of that song? in my studio just from a few with a few different camera angles and i'd always remembered um a video of a, a woman by the name of i think her name is megan Kristen or Kristen megan or something like that she's a supposedly a, 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 an ex a whistleblower ex-military and she's standing there in a, in a conference addressing all these people telling everybody about what she found when she was uh, working at the military in regards to chemtrails and i thought oh that would be nice to integrate what she's saying into the song because uh, that what she was saying really sort of struck a chord with me and I always thought that would be nice to put what she's saying into the song so I had to sort of time it right you know and, and edit it so you know she came on the screen at the right time when, you know in the breaks and all of that sort of stuff um, it's a very emotional I mean, it's, it's quite an emotional song it's, I've had a lot of comments people telling me they've been moved to tears from, from listening to it because it's, it's very it's quite shocking when you see the words coming out of her mouth and also the story that I tell through the song, lyrically as well, there's two sort of narratives going on within that song. But uh, when you get to the end of that song, which is about a 10-minute live performance, you know, there's, there should be no doubt, or at least it should uh, at least plant a seed and get you on your journey to at least investigating what's going on in our skies. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice 10-minute live performance in my studio that hopefully will uh, resonate with people and, and hope people, it gets, I hope it gets people to look up. Which is the top yeah. of the Yeah, and we have a very big issue with uh, chemtrails here. And 
there are days where the whole entire sky is absolutely streaked with them. And then, of course, like the next day it will rain. And so I had done an episode on harp and I was telling them about cloud seeding and cloud seeding has been around for a really long time where they actually, you know, inject chemical compounds into the cumulus clouds that causes like massive rainstorms and stuff like that. But I thought it was interesting um, watching that video. And that's why I said I had to rewatch it several times because I was focusing so hard on what, what this lady was saying. Um, and just to give people like a, a real short background on her, um, she was a bioenvironmental engineer in the United States military. I'm not going to tell you what branch you have to watch it. Um, but people kept mentioning chemtrails to her and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. And so her journey was to set out to debunk chemtrails and she actually became a believer and did a lot of research herself. So tying her, tying her testimony into your video was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was so amazing. Everything that you do is just amazing. And the, um, the one video that I mentioned earlier was one of my favorites. Um, the, uh, what was it? I told you so video. I like that so much because you have so many different topics in that one song. It's, it's not just that. You know, I don't think it's, it's not just the amount of topics that are in that song. It's the, sh it's the sheer frustration of what everybody's feeling right now. You know, we've been trying to mm -hmm. wake up the world knowing what we know for, for so long now. And, you know, the shit's hitting the fan now. And, you know, I feel like I've, you know, really been screaming from the rooftops for many years and, you know, people are still covering their ears and they just can't listen because there are those that don't see. So that song was born out of frustration. And uh, we told you so. We told you about the false flag operations. Mm -hmm. We told you about 5G radiation. We told you about this. We told you about it. I told you so. You know, and so that's why I think that resonated with a lot of people. It's because uh, a lot of people are feeling that, that frustration as well at the moment. But you know, the the funny thing about that too is that we are, <clears throat> of course, labeled conspiracy theorists by our lovely uh, CIA. Um, it's a term that they coined, but at the same time, like everything I'm seeing lately in the news, it's like. Oh, well, I guess what the conspiracy theorist said was true. And here's the proof. Yeah, I don't call and that's why, that's why I don't, I, I'm not, I don't use that term either because um, it's, it's always proven true. <laughs> everything. Yeah. We should call ourselves fortune tellers, shouldn't we? Not conspiracy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, truth seers. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times it has to do with uh, people and their third eye being closed and like so, and that's why they can't see things because there are some people, and I'm going to ask you a, a weird question. 
Um, do you consider yourself to be like an empath? Like, can you pick up other people's energies or auras, things like that? No, but my wife is extraordinary at that. <laughs> I was going to say, because a lot of times that's what I found like in our uh, podcasting community or whatnot, because a lot of our, you know, it's kind of a, a little close circle that we have, like all the podcasting people seem to talk and are friends and like get along easily, but they all kind of have that same thing in common where it's like they can just read people like really quick. And they're like, even through one little message through social media, they're like, I know we're going to get along. You know, they like have that sense. So I didn't know if, if you had those same kind of I'm a good judge like, of intuitions character. or feelings. I'm definitely yeah. a good judge of character. And I can see instantly, you know, the vibe from somebody, whether I'm an empath or not. I don't think I'm an empath, but I'm a very good judge of character, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's – maybe that's why we're all, like, able to see things that other people can't is because we have something very special about us. I think um, this quote, and I always say it, it always springs to mind when we get up to this topic, is the quote from Da Vinci. He said there are three classes of people, those that see, those that see when they are shown, and those who do not see. And it's like right. 99% of the world fall into the latter category, sadly. Uh, there's just this portion of people that can't see for whatever reason. It's fluoridation or closed pineal. I, I just, I don't know what it is, but um, I don't know. It, it, I find a right-brainedness, a creativeness is, is the sort of person, people that we can reach with this sort of information. It takes a certain type of person. Um, I don't know if that's an empath or or, or what, but I think uh, it's I think it's a more right-brained person. I would say could uh, could grasp this knowledge more than a robotic left brain left-brained regurgitating you know person straight out of university. So, <clears throat> do you have like a favorite topic to cover? No, I mean I try and navigate by just getting enough information from one subject enough to be able to write a song about it. So I'd look into 5G. I won't go too deep into 5G. I would just like, you know, get the bullet points. That's when I've got enough information to put it into a song. And then I'll look at the moon landing and start learning a bit about that. And then right, okay, what do we know about this? Then let's 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 get the bullet points and let's put enough into a song. Okay, let's learn, you know, uh, there's been many conspiracies that I've written about, but there's no, I don't have a favourite. I'm just, you know, here trying to learn like everybody else. I, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm sort of just waking up, really. I started opening my eyes in 2012, and it's, what, 2021, so I'm only an eight, nine-year-old boy, really, still learning. And uh, it's, I, what, one thing I do know is I know nothing, but I don't have a particular favourite. I just, you know, learn a bit about this. Right, this is amazing. Let's put it into a song. Holy crap, germ theory is nonsense. Right, okay, let's put that, <laughs> let's put that into a song. Holy crap, chemtrail. Oh, my God, right, I know this, 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 aluminum, barium, strontium, they're the ingredients. Right, let's talk about that and put it into a song. So, you know, I don't have a particular favourite. I just, I like them all, really, hence the you know, conspiracy music guru. I love them all. So uh, <clears throat> do you have anything in the works right now or what's, where do you see yourself going next? So that's, a, that's a tough question to answer, given that I've just finished a music video and uh, talked before about how much work they are. You know, when, you're, when I've done a two or three month project on a music video, 
I can't think about my next song. All I want to do is have a break and get in the garden and get out in the sun because I've spent two or three months in a in a recording studio in front of a screen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not really thinking about my next project just yet, but undoubtedly there will be one. I will have some sort of spark of, I will have an idea and I'll be like, that'll make a great song. I know it will, you know. Ultimately, my music is, is the result of what I'm researching, uh, but I'm just sort of taking it easy, really. I'm actually blue-pilling at the moment. I'm watching things like Westworld and, you know, actually, you know, just... Watching it with uh, with a different uh, perspective, of course, I understand you know the programming that's in these things, but I'm actually taking a break at the minute. But what my next song will be, I don't know. I want to cover it all. You know, there's so much out there to, to inform people. There's so much. I mean, I would love to do a song on the firmament. I think that's definitely uh, deserving of a, of a jingle or two. But I don't know at the Great. moment. I really don't know. But uh, there there will definitely be more because. I, I, it's all I do, really. You know, I can't seem to stop. When you when you have a, a realization about something, you know, I'm, the first thing I want to do as a musician is put it into music. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some a suggestion. Go for it. Got to do something on the military, or military on the medical industrial complex, and the hidden cures and stuff. Oh god, yeah, I've got to be mm-hmm. I've got to be careful. I mean, vaccines is obviously one I want to do a song about as well. Big pharma, of course, you know these are all massively. But mm-hmm. if I want to keep the presence that I have on YouTube, I have to be a little smarter about it. You know, I have to be a little bit more. <laughs> you have to be smarter than I was. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've had videos taken down already because I, you know, I dare to go against the narrative. So you know, that's yes. why my last song, television <clears throat> watching news believer didn't really cover any specific conspiracy like 5G or flat earth or places where most people can't go. It was just a generalization of, you know, people that watch the TV are dumb. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be believing everything they say. So it's quite a general, you know, uh, song for an audience. You know, even Alex Jones's audience could, could deal with that or Joe Rogan's audience could get that concept. So I've got to be a little bit smart if I, you know, start listing the ingredients of vaccines and why people should not be putting this stuff, stuff into their body. I'm going to probably get flagged and taken down, which is obviously not what, I, not what I want. So I have to, you know, I don't know, you know, use code words. People are getting more uh, longevity in their channels if they're a bit smarter and they're using code words. Instead of saying the word vaccine, they say the V word. Instead of saying Sandy Hook, they say the bang, bang event, you know. So I've got to be a little smarter in my lyrics maybe if I want to, if I want to stay on there. I think that's what happened to me because I had a, pretty large uh downloads per episode until i did some medical things (laughs) because uh i'm a retired nurse and i also taught medical school and so um yeah 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 and i i got kneecapped really hard off of three major platforms so (laughs) yeah that's that's bound to happen isn't it i mean you you how dare you go i mean look at all these uh, holistic doctors that have been even murdered over a hundred oh yeah yeah i talked about that on one of my episodes and it wasn't long after that episode that uh i was removed wow Yeah, even, uh, even recently, <laughs> I think it was his name, Brandy Ford, the, the, the CEO of Stop Look Think, um, yeah, uh-huh. recently deceased, suspicious circumstances. So, uh, yeah, it's it's the modern day book burning. It's it's tough out there. Censorship is real. So, 
Mr. Alex, I'm so tickled pink that you joined me today. I really, like I said, I just, I was flabbergasted. I was running around the house, like celebrating when you emailed oh, me. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so kind as well. I feel really nice. I told, I told my husband. I'm like, I have got to get him on the show. I'm like, I've messaged, but I haven't got any response, you know, and then we have the mutual friend on, on uh, social media. And he was like, I can do this where he's like, hold on, <laughs> hold my beer here. <laughs> let me get this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I'm, 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 I was I'm, excited. I'm, I'm, we, uh, we hooked up eventually. Yeah. I'm so, I'm, I just, I'm honored and humbled for you doing my show. I appreciate it so much. So where can they number one, find you find your videos and how can they get your music? Uh, The best place really, if you just remember three words, conspiracy music guru, type that into YouTube, you'll find my channel, you'll find all my videos. And within the video descriptions, you'll find links to all of my social media, Instagram, Facebook, Bloody blah, blah, blah on my website, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, just type conspiracy music guru into YouTube. You'll find my channel. And if you want to dig deeper, there are other links. But yeah, just uh, <laughs> that's it really. I just make music. So they can find your they can find how to buy your CDs on your YouTube channel? Yeah, if they go into the description, they could probably get it to my, I mean, actually, yeah, I should probably, I, I hate to do this and I hate to plug Amazon because I hate them, but um, it's a good way. I'm a bit of a Trojan horse in this big corporate world because my truth music is on this big corporate giant. So yeah, if you want the physical CDs uh, to my music, you can go on Amazon or if you want to listen on Spotify Conspiracy Music Guru, those three words on my music is available on iTunes. It's everywhere, basically, uh, if you just remember those three words. Whatever your preferred platform is, be it Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, whatever, just remember those three words, Conspiracy Music Guru, and you will find me. Fantastic. And again, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. I think it's really important what you do, and I hope people take the time to go check out the channel. Again, it's Conspiracy Music Guru. For those of you who can't spell, that's G U R U. For me and for Alex, I'll see you next time. Have a good day.